Imagine this. You're watching a weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Edward Norton and Bill Hader are doing the hilarious Stefan bit. Suddenly one of the jokes references you and your brothers. And not in a bad way. Pretty good, right? Or you're showing up in every red carpet going and People Magazine covers your engagement and wedding. So who are you? And what changed the game for you? Let's find out. You're listening to Game Changers, the podcast series with Brittle Star. Today's guest, Drew Scott. So as the uh, amazing announcer said, uh, the guest today is Drew Scott. Drew, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I love that intro. And I think they're more talking about Linda and then Jonathan. They just mistook me. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. So do we do I need to get my PA to fix that? Like should we If you if you can actually contact SNL, um, Okay. yeah, I'm not proppy. That that would be that would be JD. That'd be JD. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And Linda thinks that she's married Jonathan, so <laughs> So when you were signing the marriage certificate, did you put your hand over like where the first the first name was just in case? I just batted my eyelashes to distract her and quickly signed <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just get that part over with. It's fine. It'll all work out in the end. It's all good. Uh, so yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate. It. I know you're a very busy guy. You're thank constant you. on TV all the time. Well, thank you for having me. I was literally filming all day. Started this morning at six a.m. So wow, it's been busy here in Nashville. And how is Nashville? Nashville is swassy hot. I mean, wow. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, the humidity. Today, I think it was around 105 or something crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a great city. We, we've been filming here. Uh, we filmed here last year and this year. We've been coming here for six years for CMA Music Fest. We host the main stage, and it's just an amazing, vibrant city. And so we like to hop around for our shows. We go three months in a city. We'll do 16 projects, 16 renovations for our shows, and right. then move on to the next city. Yeah, I mean, and Nashville's a great town. You guys always look like you're having fun wherever you are anyway, so. Nashville's known as a cow town, and from here we go to the Canadian cow town, Calgary. That's our next city. I saw that. That's kind of exciting. Oh, That's, it's uh, super exciting. That's where it all started for us. I mean, we yeah. graduating high school out just outside of Vancouver, and then we were trying to figure out what to do with our lives, and we wanted to be creative. Jonathan's an illusionist. I'm a, you know... The actor, wannabe actor and director. Yeah. And uh, so we figured out that real estate was a good way to make money. And we moved to Calgary. We're mm-hmm. full-time students at the university. And we bought our first place with $250 down. So is that, so is that for you the, the game-changing moment for you? Was that, that purchase of that property? That it really was. I didn't. We didn't think. I mean, you'll, you'll notice I say we a lot because yeah. growing up and then starting our businesses and everything. Jonathan and I did everything together. Right. But um, at the time, we started doing real estate as a way to fund our creative endeavors, and it was more of a hobby in the beginning. We did a bunch of different things. I was a personal trainer. I was a flight attendant. I, you know, was a server, and I did all these different things. But then I found that this whole real estate thing that we were doing, it started making a little bit more money and a little bit more money and there was more opportunity and it continued to grow. And that really was, that was the initial game changer. I I thought, actually I was a little resentful after 10 years of the real estate company growing, I actually had this aha moment realizing, not a good aha, realizing that 10 years had gone by and I hadn't done anything in TV and film. I hadn't done any acting. I did one commercial. And uh, I thought, man, I just, I just wasted 10 years of my life when I could have been acting and directing 
uh-huh. not realizing that everything I had built up when I was learning business through real estate and we were investing in real estate, that's what ended up turning things around and getting me back into TV. So it's in a sense like you only realized that was a game-changing moment in hindsight. Yeah, it really, I mean, when I was first, I moved back, it was 2006, I moved back to Vancouver to pursue acting. I had been in Calgary uh, working in real estate. And uh, when I moved back, I started trying to do auditions as an actor. And I started being put out more as a host for auditions for a real estate expert. Right. And at, at that moment, I remember calling Jonathan. I said, this is lame. I, I don't want to be a host. I want to be an action superstar <laughs> and use that voice. And uh, yeah. anyway, but it, it, it kept coming up and it kept coming up. And then I, would, I would go and do these auditions just to feel it out. And I started to think, you know, maybe there is an opportunity here. This could really open up some doors for us. And I sat down with Jonathan and I said, look... We're, we have this experience that a lot of people don't have. You know, we're two relatively good-looking young guys. Right. Main, mainly Jonathan. I had a lot of work to look like him. Sure. Um, and then we, we decided, why don't we try pitching ourselves a little bit more as a, as a real estate duo? And, and so we did. We started to consider that opportunity. I actually got pitched one more show, though, before Property Brothers. Right. I got, I got pitched a show that was called Realtor Idol. And it was <laughs> basically it was real. It was American Idol with realtors. It with was realtors. the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> and I have a beautiful voice, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyway, so that didn't happen, thankfully. And then uh, I I pitched this production company saying, "Look, I have a brother. The two of us do real estate together, and I think it could be a good show." And that's where Property Brothers began. So, I mean, you had that sort of moment where you had the property, which kind of you purchased the house and then moved on from there. And that kind of bankrolled a lot of the, the, the planning and movement to get to where you got to Property Brothers and do all that kind of stuff. Was there a moment beyond that? Like, can people have more than one game changing moment? Was there a moment beyond that where it was like, OK, we're going to try to do this, uh, the Property Brothers thing that's really great. Uh, and then was there something that happened after that? You went, OK, yeah, no, it's really going to go now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I fully believe that people's lives are, are made of game-changing moments all the time, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, I definitely had several. I mean, even before Property Brothers hit, I had started doing, um, seeing some success in real estate. And mm-hmm. after success in real estate, I had gone back to try and get into acting. I had spent so much money doing classes and networking and trying to build a a brand, and that wasn't paying off because people wanted to see me as a real estate expert. Well, I actually ended up, I spent all my savings that I had built up over the years. I racked up debt, and I actually was in this this moment where I've never had a sleepless night in my life, except for that one moment. And uh, so this was, you know, back in 2006, I'm sitting there with all this debt, not knowing what I wanted, you know, what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not booking these gigs that I wanted as an actor. And that was really an aha moment. Actually, you, if you know Jim Cuddy, yeah. uh, the song, uh, pull, uh, pull, You Can Always Pull Me Through. Yes. That song came on, it was something like three in the morning, it came on the radio, and I'm just sitting, lying in bed wide awake. And then that song made me realize, you know what, I can't sit here in a little you know, pity party for myself. I need to figure out what's happening in my life. I need to figure out what's going on. And that's actually when I realized it's not just about acting. I love TV and film. I love doing yeah. something new and different. And then that's when I started to realize, well, this hosting thing could be an opportunity. And that's when I started to really look in that direction as well. So do you think like the that moment where you're sitting there and the Jim Cuddy tune comes on and you're, is it kind of like almost facing your own version of adversity and then realizing, okay, and that makes you reevaluate and that kind of creates its own game-changing moment for you? 
Exactly. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing there is I, I, I thought I failed. Mm. And I thought, I thought I'm not booking what I wanted to book. I'm not yeah. an actor at the level I wanted to be at. I'm not directing where I wanted to be. And I was really beating myself up. And then I, I started to realize at that moment, I need to sort of look at the broader picture here. Yeah. It's, it, for me, it wasn't just being an actor. I just wanted to create. I wanted to do something exciting. I wanted to work in TV and film. And I, yeah. and I, thought, I thought, you know, reevaluating what my goals were and what my plan was, I realized there's more out there that I'm really passionate about. And so that was the game changer right there. That was when I started to, to look at this hosting side as an opportunity, something that could, and it did, it down the road, it ended up creating opportunities for acting and directing. I mean, I direct every year, I probably direct, um, what, four, four to six episodes of our shows plus right. some, some other shows. So it, it is, I think it's that person, when you're, when you're right, you almost tunnel vision, yeah. looking at what you're going after. If sometimes you don't just, Put your foot on the brakes a little bit, step back, and reassess and reevaluate. You're you're never really going to achieve the goals you want. You have to be open to, you have to be open to seeing other opportunities that could create right. that win. So you're basically, I mean, you, that change of perspective was your game, one of your game changing moments. And like, do you feel that you can, beyond stuff just like that, but also including that, can you create these moments, where you, that are going to be like pivotal moments for you? Hey, can you repeat that for me? It might yeah, cut sure. out here. No. Um, so it is, let me just rephrase this. Um, as well as, you know, having this change of perspective and you kind of realizing uh, this is a pivotal moment for you that you've kind of created for yourself. So can you create your own game-changing moments, your own pivotal moments? 100%. I think mm-hmm. no one is out there to make you a success more than you are. Right, and I, I, I think if you interview anybody out there who's seen success in whatever it is that they do or whatever they've been passionate about, they'll tell you that it's been that constant drive and push, and it's being that positive energy that's always ready, prepared, and waiting for the right moment. Right. I, I don't believe that people get lucky. You know, maybe the random random person here or there they they get lucky with something, or right. You know, if, if people walk up to my brother and me and say, "Oh, you guys got so lucky. You just got that big break." This is the longest. Uh, overnight success I've ever seen because we've been working our butts off since we started our first job when we were seven years old. We were always these go-getters. And so I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe that things happen. um, I I just don't believe that things uh, happen for no reason. I don't believe that people are just lucky. It's being prepared and it's being ready to take advantage of opportunities that come forward uh, by keeping yourself open to them. I mean, I think you're, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, having known you guys for a while now and watched you, uh, watching you work and stuff, I mean, I'm always in awe of how much you are creating your own opportunities and constantly moving forward. And uh, you can't, I mean, it just sort of seems like there's no way that cannot create, you know, good fortune down the road. Um, you know? Yeah, th- it, it, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, I'll admit, I'm a total workaholic. I mean, so is yeah. Jonathan. And, it's, you know, it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing. Now that I'm married as well, and, and since I, I was with, I've been with Linda seven and a half years, and that's probably one of the hardest things because we work together as mm-hmm. well as we are together. So, it, you know, even in the evenings when we should shut off work and just kind of enjoy time together, we end up talking shop. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's tough, but it's because we're passionate, we love what we do. We just love seeing something that we can grow and we can creatively shape and develop and you know, we reevaluate you know, because we, we want to make sure that we're reaching our goals or moving towards them. And we reevaluate what those goals are on, 
you know, a regular basis, whether it's every few weeks, every few months, we have short-term goals, mid-term and long-term goals, and then we always wanna make sure that we're doing something that will help move towards. It's easy to get stuck in a daily grind. Yeah. Just trying to pay the bills, just trying to make sure that, you know, the kids are getting off to school or whatever um, your situation is. You're, you're, you're talking about me specifically right now, obviously. Specifically you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we know that Gregor uh, is a total pain in your butt. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, we, that, that's the big thing. People get in the daily grind and then yeah. they go for, I study psychology in school as well as, as study kinesiology and psychology and, and human behavior and communication. And so I always use that to come back to anything I do in life. And it's a natural human way to go get the easy win. So when you accomplish something, it gives you this flush feeling. It's actually a chemical reaction in your body that makes you right. feel good because you have a win. So you can get a feeling of a win from something like winning the lottery, which would be awesome. Or it could be something like you know, graduating with straight A's in school. Or it could be something like cleaning the tabletop and putting the dishes away. And right. so what, what do people do out of those three options? Well, obviously the easiest thing that you can ensure that you get that feeling from is the little right. easy things like cleaning up the desk. Mm -hmm. And so I find people will find day-to-day -day mundane things that they do to, to feel that win, but they never really sit down and go after those steps that will take them towards their actual goal. So do you have any tips on like, how do you get that perspective up? How do you like lift your head up from the daily grind to sort of see these things, these game changing moments ahead of you? I'm definitely a scheduling person. I mm -hmm. like to have things laid out in front of me. I can see what I need to do. There's some great apps out there, I'm sure, too, if you do your research, that can help you figure out what your goals are, and it'll give you little reminders to get towards it. It's always great to have somebody that you can be accountable to. It's the same mm -hmm. for going to the gym. If your right. goal is to, to be healthier, is to eat healthier, and if your goal is to put on some muscle or lose some weight, it's really hard to do on your own. If you have a mm -hmm. trainer, that's great. But if you can't afford a trainer, can you get a training buddy, somebody you can go to the gym right. with? Right. That, that accountability is something that can skyrocket you up your, your success ladder more than anything else because they are going to make sure you stay to it. So are there any signs uh, that if you're, you know, as you're going through life and you're doing your, your thing uh, and these opportunities or, or people show up, um, is there anything about those, those people or opportunities that people can say, oh, this is going to be an important thing? Is there any telltale signs that this is going to be an important thing for me? Um, I, I think what comes back, there are a million and one ideas out there. We get pitched all the time, whether it's an endorsement, a licensing deal, mm -hmm. a new show, you know, because our, our production company, we produce the shows we're in as well as other shows in right. different genres. So we're always being pitched all the time. It's, it's nice to be, I mean, that's one of the, the, the game changers when we did Property Brothers and started to build our brand. And then that created this opportunity because now people know who we are. And so a right. lot of people come to us with opportunities. Well, some things are good opportunities. Some things are not good opportunities. Right. The one thing that we've really been good at is we've built a strong team around us um, who understand who we are. They understand our values. They understand our brand. And so we, we will utilize their expertise to also work with us to make sure we're, we're bringing on the right opportunities and we're, we're moving towards the right goals. So I would say the one big thing that we've always done is we've kept ourselves open to opportunity. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't just shut something down because it sounds odd or a weird idea. We, right. assess, we assess everything. I'm not going to waste time on something that we do know is not going to be worth it. But sure. we still hear everything that comes our way. And that's what's actually opened up the biggest opportunities. So this is something we talked about, I talked about earlier with another guest, and uh, 
saying that, you know, one of the things of one of my phrasings and one of my, not so terrible to say it, we talked about this earlier with another guest and it's something that I say often, it's to be someone's good luck. Uh, the idea that you can have a positive impact on somebody else, uh, even in the smallest way, whether it being, you know, holding a door or, you know, trying to help them get a job or whatever the, whatever the, the level of help is. Can people, like, can you become a game changer for someone else in, in an easy manner? Oh, that is one of my life philosophies. We mm. are put on this earth to help other people. That, right. I, I honestly believe that, that that's, that's how it is. I mean, what's the point of building success or financial success or whatever you have? You can have everything in the world, but if you don't have people to share that with, what's the point? I really what's don't the- understand. And that could be family or it could be somebody on the street. I think... Everybody out there, you don't have to be successful. You don't have to have 10 million followers on Instagram. You don't Mm -hmm. have to have a TV show. Everyone can affect somebody else's life in a positive way. And even if you affect one person out there on this planet in a positive way, you could have become a game changer for that person. It's really interesting, you know, because I've, I've talked to a number of very successful people like yourself, and they all have that same philosophy. They're all saying that, you know, the point is to help other people. And uh, it's just, it's really nice to hear. I think it's really fantastic to hear. And I, you know what I like, I like too, when, because I've talked with and I've interviewed a lot of successful people as well. I mean, even, you know, growing up, I was always looking for inspiration from somebody who, who could be a mentor. And what I find, same thing, they all have that same sort of philosophy, a giving philosophy. The more I find that we give and support others, the more it does help our, our success as well towards whatever mm-hmm. our goals are. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, you know, give more than you get kind of thing, but you definitely, if you spread the love, that good karma comes back to you. Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, from a personal perspective, when I met you guys and we started doing some collaborations back in the day on Vine, um, I mean, it was certainly really fun to do it with you. I certainly knew who you guys were. um, And it was obviously a heightened profile for me because it was like, hey, look, he's hanging out with those guys. That's pretty impressive. But it was one of the things that was big for me was, as I said earlier, was watching you guys work and watching you create opportunities. And it was hugely influential. It was like watching sort of, you know, someone who's really good at the game or whatever game it is. And you're like, Oh, okay, they're doing that. Okay, great. I can learn from that. If they can do that, I can figure out how to do something similar. And I think that's great. Yeah. So, I, I, I think for, for Jonathan and me, the one thing that's definitely helped us is, you know, I have a built in best friend. Yeah. We, we started our first business at seven years old, making these decorative <laughs> hangers and selling them. And people were like, Oh, it's cute little craft, crafty thing you're doing. Yeah. We're like, no, this isn't crafty. We're like, we're figuring out how to sell this. We were going door to door, selling to family and friends, and we met a oh, woman who had a chain of Amer- American paraphernalia stores in Japan. She started yeah. buying these from us by the thousands. Come on. Yeah, so we, we were always driven. But the other thing, too, that we always do, it, we, we call it the sort of bro divide and conquer. We don't have to double up on every single task. You know, we run multiple companies together, yeah. the yeah. production company, our, our furniture and decor, and um, everything else that we have on the go. And if we doubled up on everything, we'd only achieve half the amount. So we split and we, we oversee different parts of our businesses. And then we come together and discuss overall, um, you know, it's our overall check-ins to make sure that we're, we're succeeding in the areas that we want to towards our goals. So in addition to that woman who bought thousands of hangers made by seven-year-olds, which sounds dangerously close to sweatshop, but it's only two of you, so I guess it couldn't really be a sweatshop. Self-sweat, yeah. <laughs> Self-sweat, exactly. Uh, were there any other people who were kind of game changers for you, kind of opened your eyes, kind of made opportunities happen for you, specific people? Um, I mean, there, there have been quite a few over the years. As a, as a kid, I started watching uh, and reading and listening to 
anything Tony Robbins had. Okay. I was I was all about um, self motivation, right? And so I absolutely loved it. And Jonathan and JD, both my brothers, they used to make fun of me for it, but <laughs> I, I was driven, and I really loved having that feeling of energizing myself, not waiting for somebody else to create a success for me. And so right. li- literally I had every single cassette tape and right. then and then DVDs and I got every book of Tony Robbins. And then I actually, I finally met him a couple of years ago. I was, uh, Jonathan and I were co-hosting the Today Show. Yeah. And he, he was one of our guests that came on. And so we right. had a quick chat and um, it was kind of nice to be able to speak to one of my childhood mentors, even though he yeah. didn't realize he was my mentor. <coughs> Sorry, I'm I'm choking up. Um, <coughs> yeah, it was kind of, it was really nice to meet him as an adult and and be able to talk more sort of peer to peer, and uh, and and he completely changed my life because he kept me driven and motivated. When other kids, you know, teenagers, you know, they're just going out and partying and yeah. and whatever else. I was actually formulating plans for my next business adventure. Right. Uh, my, not a business venture, my business adventure. Business adventure. Yes. Um, but but that, that was me. I was always like that. I, as a kid, you know, everyone else, and there was a young, you know, teens to early 20s, going just out on every date here and there and, yeah. and, and hanging with friends. No thanks. I would go and, you know, I'd still have fun with friends, but then I would hunker down. I'd figure out what I want to do. I would work on my acting. We would do a, another property, a real estate uh, adventure. <laughs> I call, call my adventures adventures. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, even as, as we grew with what we were doing as, as hosts in TV, that was a big part for us. That was a huge success. It really did change. Jonathan was actually running our real estate company in Calgary. Yeah. I, I had expanded the company after my acting wasn't paying off in Vancouver. Right. I, start, I started doing real estate out there as well. And so we expanded our company to Vancouver. And then as we continued to grow... And we started to get the success. I mean, our shows in Canada, we aired first in Canada. Thank you, yep. Canada. Uh, <laughs> on W Network. Right. We originally, um, the sh- so here, I'll, actually, I'll backtrack. So Jonathan and I actually were pitched. Our show was pitched to the U.S., um, HGTV U.S., and they actually turned down the show idea. They thought two right. brothers renovating it wasn't really something that fit their programming. And then it was turned down in Canada by HGTV Canada at the time. They just had right. a different type of programming. W Network in Canada picked it up. And within three weeks, we were the top show of the night. Within right. three months, we were the top show on the network. And so that blew everyone's mind. It blew my mind. I had no yeah. idea that we'd have that success. So with, with those stats, we went back to HGTV Canada and the production company at the time, they pitched it back and HGTV said, let's give it a shot. And again, within a few weeks, we became the top show of the night. Within a few months, we were top show on their network, and we've been there ever since. We have five shows on HGTV now, and that's crazy. It, it was it was amazing for us, and you know, I still pinch myself from time to time. I can't believe the success we've seen, but I really think that that's opened up new opportunities. And a huge game changer for us was actually when we got to the point where we had people that were approaching us about licensing deals and, and right. endorsements for different you know, tool lines or different home decor opportunities. And we sat down with, we said to ourselves, well, why would we just, you know, get a few bucks and slap our name on something when we could actually create our own? Why don't we right. create our own furniture and decor entity? Yes. This, this is something that could grow to be so much bigger than anything we're doing on TV mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, bigger than just ourselves as well. And, and it did. So we, we started figuring out our plan of attack to expand Scott Living 
And, you know, here we, we've hit the quarter billion dollar mark with Scott Living and it's Crazy. continued to grow. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think it's just that whole notion you guys have of, uh, of keeping your head up and like looking far ahead, uh, focusing on what you need to do. But at the same time, looking ahead, saying, well, how, how far can we take this? Where can we take this opportunity and, and how far can we take the opportunity? I think that's amazing. Th- that's it. There's nothing, any, any opportunity we have, we're never setting a barrier at the top. We are going to just take it to here. Yeah. We're sort of, we, we set sort of check-ins. Yeah. You know, if our, if our goal is to take Scott Living to half a billion dollars in the next year, that's great. That's one of our goals, but that's just another step in the ladder. We right. know that's not our ceiling. Yeah. If it's a matter of, you know, we want to produce um, more shows. We, we launched Guru Hub, which you work with us on Guru Hub. That's, yeah, that's uh, right. I mean, that, that's another adventure, too. We, we, we had this whole idea to bring all these amazing, talented experts, these gurus together to launch this digital lifestyle platform. And we made it happen. And I, I think it's, it just goes to show you always have to keep yourself open. If you have that positive, positive energy, if you have the positive people around you, things will always happen. I cut out negative energy like no one's business. If somebody, whether they were old family friends, whether they're family or whether yeah. they're just some business acquaintance, if somebody is a constant negative influence, yeah, you know, I'll actually I'll try to support first, and I'll try sure. to see what the issue is. And if it's literally they're just self sabotaging and then pulling everyone down around them for no specific reason, and there's nothing I can do to help them, well, that's just not an energy that I need around me right. because we surround ourselves with positive people that are making things happen. Well, it's working. Whatever you're doing, it's working, which is uh, fantastic. So tell me, is there what are you doing currently that you're most excited about? Oh, what apart, are we doing? Ap- apart from this podcast. You know, I was going to say that was number one. Number two, <laughs> uh, we're actually launching in the fall our first kids book, which is really, really exciting. Do you not know about that? Uh, well, I kind of I think I heard something about it, but I didn't realize it's coming out this fall. That's exciting. Yeah. So this is a really, really fun adventure uh, for us because Jonathan and I, we've, we have two other books, New York Times bestsellers. They did really well, but we've always wanted to write a kid's book. Yeah. And so basically, uh, Big Plans, it's called, and it's Jonathan and me as kids, and it was those little go-getters making hangers at seven years old, but it's sort of, <laughs> the book follows some of our journey as, our, as kids and creators, and it sort of shines a light on, you know, sometimes kids, you know, adults will look at kids like, oh, they're just, they're just kids, they're being right. cute. But we were like, no, we were we were full full out there, creative, trying to create, make things happen. Yeah. And so it's a fun little twist on who we were as kids, and it also has a great takeaway for for parents uh, and the kids that are reading the book, or teachers and the kids that are reading the book. So there's a little hands-on um, how-to component at the end of the book too. That's amazing. I think it'll be great. Really good. I always, you guys have sort of a cartoon quality to you, you know, kind of a kids' book quality. You're whimsical. We, we try, yes. Yeah, full of whimsy. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate it. And, um, uh, of course, I was going to say, like, where can people find you? But that you can find, just turn on a TV or turn on the Internet. Look for me in the universe. Exactly. I'm everywhere. You're everywhere. All right, Drew, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Game Changers, the podcast series with Bristle Star. 